Hello, and welcome to Spotlight On, the podcast that brings together business leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts covering a range of topics. I'm Nicholas Barton, founder and CEO of the Barton Partnership. We're an award-winning executive recruitment and consulting solutions firm, providing permanent search and independent consulting services across strategy, sustainability, and M&A, data and analytics, and transformation and change. Hello, and welcome to the Barton Partnership's Spotlight On podcast. I'm Harry Chamberlain, VP in our US private equity practice. Joining me today is Geza Garai. Geza has worked across multiple different private equity-owned portfolio companies as a chief transformation officer. He has worked with sponsors including Advent International, Platinum Equity, Centrebridge, and New Bank Capital. Geza, as always, it is fantastic to see you and an absolute pleasure to, to have you with us today. And uh, given your, your wealth of experience in the PE transformation space, uh, really looking forward to, to digging into to some of these topics today. To kick us off as someone who has done the CTO three to four times now, what do you see as the high-level role of the CTO? By the way, Harry, um, you know, always enjoy a conversation. So I'm I'm glad we we can we can discuss these things today. The, the high-level role of the of the CTO, I think there's there's a book definition, right? It's it's ultimately driving value creation. So there's there's a lot around project management, but I do believe the transformation to be successful and to deliver impact, it has to go beyond. Just managing projects, or acting as a you know, often as a chief of staff to the CEO, and, and I, I do like to think about three things that are relevant for success. The first one is execution. So, you know, one of the key things that that matter is is how do you bring together cross functional teams to deliver sustainable or short term impact. So, ultimately, the goal is to expand the EBITDA, maybe. Um, add initiatives that make the company valuation higher, but there are times when when there's a, a need to take short-term action uh, to bolster, you know, finances or or cash flows. A good example for that one would be in the COVID in in 2020. I was in a couple of those initiatives. So, so there's a lot around identifying opportunities, developing the business case, creating the structure, the cadence, managing any any resource conflicts or removing roadblocks. A lot around reporting. So this is the the what I would call execution. The second major bucket is around challenge. Transformation can play a very important role in looking around the corner, two three steps down the road. What could be the potential risks? What could be the potential opportunities? If it is related to risks, you know how do we run to the fire as a team? So a lot around anticipation, challenging the organization, asking probing questions. Ensuring that the view we have is not only inward looking, but there's a, a, a good amount of external perspective. And you know, ultimately relentlessly asking, what are we solving for? What do we say no to? So beyond execute and challenge, I think the third piece that's that's relevant, there's there's building. It's around norms, cultural values for the organization. And I would not say that transformation will develop uh, you know, a new culture, but it can play an important role in shifting the culture, strengthening values that will help transition and build an ultimately better executing organization. There's a lot around ownership and accountability. So how do we increase the sense of ownership and get people more comfortable around uh, accountability conversations? Silos, due to the nature of the cross-functional work, are are always a potential roadblock and finding ways to connect various pieces of the organization is, is very important. 
and and there's you know there's a good amount of developing talent you know attracting people to the right initiatives pull the ones that are high performers into opportunities there's coaching you know it's a new environment in many cases when transformation gets involved so so making people understand how they fit into the picture what are better reactions to the challenges um, i think that there's a lot uh, transformation can do there yeah, no, very interesting, and I I like the point about running towards the fire and sort of in, in embracing the challenges. And I imagine that the COVID pandemic of twenty twenty was a, a great example there. I mean, how, how did you handle that situation in your chief transformation officer role then? So there were two areas where transformation got involved. The, the first one is if you think back, it's it's March April twenty twenty. It's a brand new world. We we have to figure out who can go to the office. You know how do we maintain uh, operations? Any new regulations we have to be aware of. What are some sort of employee responses? So there's there's a very cross functional discussion happening initially by email between the uh, multiple parts of the organization. But there's a there's a way to bring it all together and start running a regular cadence on here's the list of issues. This is the playbook uh, that we now start developing on how to respond, incorporate new challenges, make sure that the right people you know get involved in the conversation. So we were doing a lot of that, ensuring that we don't drop the ball on any new requirements. And if there's opportunities, we capture them uh, proactively. And the second piece is in the the business I was in was not favored by the the COVID environment. So we had to look at what are the short-term actions we can take on improving cost performance or or any any actions that we can take on on, on minimizing the negative impact on our cash flows. So then you build the, uh, it's almost like a mini VCP around short-term opportunities. So you, you set a target, you identify the initiatives to size them, prioritize them, resource them and and start running a cadence around reporting on progress, measuring uh, the impact and ensuring that you hit the target. So so those are the two things that I spent quite a bit of time, I guess it's three years now. So it's a great example of almost having a a ready-built crisis management office. And and I'm sure similar roles will play a crucial part in in future instances of, of similar situations as well. What value do you feel the CTO brings in the context of private equity? Why do private equity funds use chief transformation officers? I think transformation officers bring focus to value creation. And and I think that impact is on an organizational level. So there's clearly a a, a message around, we are dedicating resources to enable transformation and to support it. And I think on on the individual level, a transformation officer can embody the, the spirit of transformation. So, you know, the, the factors we talked about earlier from breaking down silos to bring cross-functional teams uh, together, improve the execution of uh, of initiatives, being a lot more structured around measuring impact, reporting, meeting efficiencies. So I think there's a way for, for transformation to, uh, to sort of embody that and focus the organization. We so often see the chief transformation officer is the extension of a portfolio operations group. And sometimes it's there in place of them where funds don't have it, but very often it is there to almost balance the needs and desires of the funds and and, and the capability of of, of management and so they pay that crucial pivot. What backgrounds do people typically look to hire? And you've obviously built out a few transformation offices. What backgrounds do they look to hire people from? And what potential pitfalls can one fall into when hiring a chief transformation officer and then building out that function? 
the, the most obvious that comes to mind, and, and I'm not saying that because I, I, I have some, some background that, but um, you know, working in consulting provides many of the tools that are very helpful from structuring problems, developing business cases, uh, reporting, running a cadence, you know, how to do a stream meeting, how to have the right level of conversations. So consultants can bring very significant experience to that that, that will benefit transformation. The the other part that's that's important is the ability to work from within a, a portfolio company. So, you know, as you know, ex-consultants like myself, when you find yourself surrounded by the team within the portfolio company with very leveled of skills and motivation, but the output still has to meet the requirements of the sponsor and, and the leadership team is sort of like finding. The, the right connection to, to bring it all together. I think that's a different skill set. So personally, I, I benefited from my background in in, in working in the cor- corporate world on large uh, initiatives, often with small teams, so a lot of influencing, but not as a consultant, but as as as, as part of the of the internal team. So that definitely comes very handy uh, when when one is within the portfolio environment. You know, the the pitfall can be that there's maybe two sets of pitfalls. The one is you know, finding the, the 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 right candidate who can be effective in the in the portfolio environment. So many initiatives I was I was a part of. You know, it's, it's a very very small team, one two maybe three. You know, transformation officers, maybe a couple of analysts. Beyond that, it's the rest of the organization that has to be involved in and in, in supporting and 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 brought together. So that that can be challenging for somebody who comes straight from the consulting world where. They can rely on a team of very high-performing individuals uh, with the right level of motivation, and so so I think that there could be a shift there, and I would I would check for that. The other one is just with any hire, is checking potential biases on what we over-index on. Industry is always a, or, or sector uh, is always a valid question. Is is for the transformation officer how deep would they have to be into the sector or the industry of the portfolio company. I, th- I think that's that's something that's worth checking for. I personally argue for, you know, maybe it's often it's less important than it may appear initially. And the other one is, you know, the based on the VCP or the investment thesis, you know, will there be specific areas where the, the candidate has to, you know, bring actual functional knowledge? So if it's a very supply chain heavy uh, situation, or there's a lot on on growth initiatives and, and go to market. Again, that's it's it's worth checking to what extent are we indexing on that, and and there can be cases when that's incredibly important. In other cases, the agenda will shift, and what seems to be the initial focus, you know, over a year or two may shift into something else. So having a candidate with, you know, more of a generalist view may be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think one typically sees the CTO being pretty cross-functional, but there are situations where you're going to have a bias towards more heavy on commercial and revenue topics versus more heavy on cost and operational topics. So I think that's a, it's, it's a very interesting point. How can one truly assess a good chief transformation officer in an interview? What are some of those really key points that you, you would look for? My previous answers probably sort of uncovered that, that you know, I'm always very interested in understanding the relationship between what I would call hard skills around you know being very effective in delivering impact against you know very quantifiable ob, you know objectives and 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 building the 
if you want the machine around it. So, so there's, you know, that's obviously a big area to check. What I would call the math. You know, is this person or are they getting a very high rating on on their based on their past experience on on being able to deliver on that? And the other one is is engagement. So ability to influence, but be going beyond coach build teams, facilitating the culture, culture change we, we we talked about earlier, and you know, get embedded uh, into the team as somebody who is who's viewed both as the the driver of change, but at the same time, you know, is able to build a natural connection uh, with the organization, you know, to be able to kind of pull them along on the journey. I think that's almost equally as important. So an ideal candidate would be very highly rated on both. So in that upper right quadrant, if you think about a matrix, uh, that's where I would try to land when looking for a CTO. Yeah, it, it's so true. I think we've, on some of the searches, we've seen historically, you'll sometimes find individuals who are so good at the influencing game, but just lack the ability to truly execute and, and, and crunch the numbers and roll up their sleeves and, and, and vice versa. You, you can't have just one or the other. It's It's so important to have both. And I think that's why a lot of individuals will lean to that strategy consulting toolkit and backgrounds as a quite a typical natural path to build both of those toolkits. And what I would add to that, and and, and you know, I think that that's also sort of like one of the success drivers, but so therefore it's important to, to look at it upfront is the ability to to shift based on the circumstance, based on the life cycle of the investment or the given situation. So that that is is a good CTO is uh, not just cannot just do one, but also not only do both, but be able to you know adapt to the situation that they're in between the harder skills and the softer skills. So it's a it's a very interesting balancing act. Yeah, absolutely. It's that almost empathy of understanding who you're dealing with. You know, whether it's character or stick or numbers versus persuasion. There's so many different types of individuals within any sites of organization that you have to know how to how to work with and, and convince. What, what do you see as the markers of a successful CTO? Transformation is, don't want to state the obvious, but it's, it's, it's challenging. It, it always wants to get off track. There are a few situations when it just keeps you know, exponentially growing and, and improving. In most situations, you know, the tendency is to kind of wear off, maybe let off a little bit and then and either get distracted or, or reduce the energy on these initiatives. So, so there's always this this need uh, to pull transformation back on track. And and what gets transformation back on track is there's not one good answer to it. So, what we just talked about is this this balancing act of what works best in a given situation. What conversations do we have with with whom or or how do we find the best way to to tell the story of what's not working and then you know choosing the right reaction to that whether it's a formal discussion one-on-one discussion if you produce a a 10-page deck that that really makes the case for the numbers or a couple of good examples so there's there's many many things one can do so uh, a successful cto probably has almost a playbook on on how they respond uh, to to situations, you know, they they have exercised you know this, this capability many times over the in the past years and are able to show how they responded to the various challenges on the journey, and and were able to kept uh, you know the organization on track to deliver results. So I think that's that's the story I would be most interested in beyond hard numbers and and facts in 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 somebody's record. 
we've talked a lot about influencing and, and different approaches and styles that people have. What do you see as the necessary personality traits and soft skills? So in no particular order, you know, what I would think about is resilience, focus on objectives, be very driven by what is it that we're trying to achieve, you know, the context and 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 how the large pieces fit together and 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 maintaining that that focus, I think, is is crucial for this role. Transparency. And, and it's not only expecting transparency from the organization, but being transparent um, as much as, you know, uh, you know, there, there's clearly sometimes, you know, a lot of confidential information that has to be managed. But the but it's more around the ability to connect on the opportunities, to be able to tell a very, very compelling and straightforward and, and, and transparent story on, on why we do what we do, I think, is a very important skill. Appropriately changing roles. So what we, we just talked about from how you're on a single meeting versus how you have a coaching conversation with somebody or, or, or how do you, um, uh, you know, sit down and develop a model, uh, to track multiple initiatives, um, in, 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 in smart sheets. So always being able to find the next most valuable thing one can do and, and, and switch into that role. Uh, so that, that flexibility, uh, can be difficult because, you know, I think, I think, you know, most of us when you're at the, 30,000 foot view versus 5,000, making that, that change, you know, sometimes multiple times in an hour in the course of a conversation uh, does require a good amount of flexibility. And then the one that I'm mentioning last is maybe the most important one is, is curiosity. A good transformation officer wants to know how do we make money? What do our customers want? How do we reach them the best way? How has the organization evolved over time? You know, one one great thing about transformation is you get to work with some very interesting companies and very interesting businesses, and there's always you know, something on their journey that can be very relevant to to how we tackle problems today. So uh, I, I always like to, to to understand that better. <clears throat> but also, you know, who is the person sitting across from me? What motivates them? You know, what do they bring to the table? Do they have a good understanding of of what we're trying to achieve, and how do I help sell the case on what happens, and 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 you know how do we keep finding ways of communicating better with the organization, the individuals, the multiple stakeholders that come into way? So I think curiosity is is the one that I would I would really would like to see in transformation. Yeah, and you, you mentioned multiple stakeholders, and it's a really interesting point because so many of those traits tie in with the fact that. This individual is probably going to be managing multiple different people, whether it's a combination of different C-suite leaders and or operating team, deal team at the fund level. It's really interesting to think about how that uh, those personality traits will play into almost multiple different bosses or dotted lines that you might have across the institution. One quick point on that is, you know, I, I've been in, in in situations so when when you work with the sponsor. You know, the operations team, the, the deal team, then there's a leadership team. But I, I, you know, I work for for places where there's multiple entities across the globe in various areas, which multiplies the number of stakeholders uh, with same agenda or different agenda sometimes. So, so you know, having effective conversations in those situations and being very clear on the message and the and and finding the best way to communicate, uh, whether it's progress or challenges or opportunities or risks. Is very challenging, but but personally, I find it to be a, a very interesting and rewarding part of what transformation does. Absolutely. 
Do you think that the Chief Transformation Officer is applicable in all situations, be that industry, situation of investment? Do you feel there's areas where it is more or less applicable? There are situations when it's when it's it's less applicable. So I, I don't think it's the uh, I don't think it's a uniform solution to to drive and and deliver change. I think the factors that come to mind on that is obviously the investment thesis. So you know, is there a is there a, or the VC plan established maybe potentially by third parties before? What's behind it? Uh, you know, growth initiatives. You know, you know, cost. You know, opportunities or Key enablers, so you know, go-to-market pricing, supply chain, you know, procurement, and and whether there's third parties involved in delivering those, if there's multiple third parties in 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 involved in in, in helping guide that, the past ownership structure. So often there's a change in style, you know, whether it's been a company that has been owned by another PE firm before and their management style. Or you know, privately owned on on firm, so there's a change there. So oftentimes there is you know a potential bridging opportunity and and uh, you know transformation that, that 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 a CTO can can drive the leadership team. So bandwidth, you know, will they be able to pick up the the initiatives? Would you need dedicated resources to manage that capabilities as well? Oftentimes it may be a very high performing team that uh, a sponsor is is very comfortable with in terms of you know ability to deliver. Or you know, there's a there's a complementary need uh, transformation can bring. So I think those are the factors one one should carefully assess when making the uh, the decision to ensure that there's a good ROI on on bringing in a CTO. Yeah, absolutely. And ROI is at the the, the forefront of, of these decisions uh, in, in every perspective for for, for sponsors. Um, and fascinating to hear your perspective, having obviously done it in a few few different industries now. What do you see as the career path beyond the chief transformation officer? I, I don't think it's necessarily one that is uh, neatly or, or sort of clearly defined in, in, in the market. What, what have you seen and, and what have you seen others in uh, in your network move towards after being a CTO? So oftentimes it's multiple opportunities being a CTO because I think the role itself evolves based on the size, based on the challenge. I, I worked for a, a couple of opportunities, and I the, the the differences are are probably greater than the similarities. So it's always a new challenge, and there's always an ability to learn and challenge oneself. So I think that that's an interesting path. But beyond that, to probably to better answer your question, joining PE firms in their in their operations team, I think there's you know a body of experience that can be very very helpful and and and, and can be made scalable across multiple portfolio companies. Yeah, I think it's a potentially very attractive opportunity. And if you look at the typical profile of uh, ex-consulting, maybe some corporate exposure, then working in, in transformation, I think it, it it also lends itself well for executive roles. So PNL ownership or strategy um, come to mind. So I, I think there's the, you know the, the, there's a better, there's an opportunity there, and then advisory. So um, I think in, even in a due diligence phase, a, a CTO can probably provide a a, a quick read. On the on the team, the potential challenges, the opportunities, and ensure that they get practical during the the execution phase, and then other aspects of a transaction, um, including exits. I think there's there's a way to to advise and and support uh, deal and operations teams. No, I completely agree. I think it's something that we've seen certainly increased interest both from sponsors looking to squeeze more value from their existing portfolio companies and even from the, the, the candidate market as people 
do start to become more aware of the potential development opportunities and routes beyond being a chief transformation officer. So, Geza, as, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to sit down with you and, and, and spend time talking about such a uh, fascinating and evolving topic and really, really appreciate your time. And yeah, look forward to, to when I'm next back in Milwaukee, catching up in person again. Thank you, Harry.